when I come to the river at ending of day, when the last winds of sorrow have blown, there'll be somebody waiting to show me the way. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died all my sins to atone. In the darkness I see he'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Oftentimes I am weary and troubled and sad when it seems that my friends have all flown. There is one thought that cheers me and makes my heart glad I won't have to cross Jordan alone I won't have to cross Jordan alone Jesus died all my sins to atone in the darkness I see He'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Though the billows of trouble and sorrow may sweep, Christ the Savior will care for his own. Till the end of my journey my soul he will keep I won't have to cross Jordan alone I won't have to cross Jordan alone Jesus died all my sins to atone in the darkness I see He'll be waiting for me I won't have to cross Jordan alone In the darkness I see He'll be waiting for me I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Well, let's go ahead and take our Bible tonight and turn back over to the book of Isaiah 59. We're in our series, The Need to Live by Principle. And we kick it off every time in the book of Isaiah, at least the last uh, three or four weeks now. Isaiah 59, verse 14. 
The need to live by principle, we say the principle is paramount. It's so necessary and needful. Isaiah 59, verse 14. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. You know, by the time Isaiah arrives on the scene, the culture and the courts were corrupted. They were, God, they were God's people, no doubt about that, but they had abandoned him. They had violated scripture. They had discarded iniquity, uh, integrity, excuse me, and they had instead embraced iniquity and sin. As a result of truth being fallen in the streets of America and in our generation, a life of biblical principles has been replaced with compromise and corruption. Our day-to-day outlook and our actions are dependent upon external rather than internal forces these days. Right and wrong are no longer defined by absolute truth, but instead by relevancy and experience. Biblical principle no longer governs most believers, and if it indeed does, or it's a factor, most of the time its roots are found in secular humanism, or in simpler terms, worldly thinking. We've been so inundated and saturated with the things of this world that many times we are responding in a world-like fashion because that's really all we know. And we say, well, I read my Bible, but reading it alone isn't enough. It's not how much of the Word you're into. It's how much of the Word's in you that matters, how much of the Word's in me that matters. And we know that in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, the Bible says, Woe unto them, they call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Sadly enough, it seems that even in Christian ranks today, there is a, a, a sense that good can be called evil, and evil can be called good. It's amazing that people could strive for purity and holiness and seek to live, in a sense, uh, perfectly in the sight of God, and yet that is deemed as sometimes being evil in the eyes of other Christians. As though they're trying to pretend to be better than them or something. It's sad that today we have stooped to the devil's standards. We as believers are to live above those things. It should not once be named among us, this element of bad uh, character and a lack of integrity. That should not be what we're about in the least. The principles of God's Word are priceless. And we should allow them to guide us every step of the way. And so we said that there were some things to remember. We said principle is more important than popularity. We also said principle is more important than personality. Again, principles forever, personalities fluctuate. We said our loyalty needs to first be to principle, then to a personality, because being right with God always relates to principle, rarely to personality. Number three, we said principle is more important than pride. We said to swallow your pride and stick with your principles, it's a winning combination. And then we said, principle is more important than position. Principle is more important than position. Well, we want to continue today, and we want to say that principle is more important than profit. Principle is more important than profit. 
So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll look at that tonight. Father, we need you. We love you. We ask for your leadership this evening. May you walk these aisles and do a work in our hearts and lives. We are desperately in need of you. I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Ghost. I have nothing, nothing at all to give to this thy people except you give it to me first. I, Father, appreciate the opportunity to prepare and ready for the message tonight or the lesson tonight. But, Lord, in the end, except you fill me with your Holy Spirit, except you endue this message with your power and your anointing, Lord, it will do nothing eternally in the hearts and lives of people. May you anoint every listening ear that we may hear with spiritual ears. And Lord, may our lives ever be different for having heard it. May we apply its truths and we'll thank you and praise you as you do a work in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Principle is more important than profit. Now again, some people will do about anything if the price is right, right? I mean, you think about it. I mean, I mean, it just the, the thought hit me when I said the price is right. Think about like uh, shows like um, Let's Make a Deal. People dress up like a bunch of crazy people, put on weird costumes and do all kind of stuff to get the attention of the person that's, you know, running the program or the show in order to get on the show and have a chance to make a few dollars. Some, we'll just do about anything to make a buck, right? Some, some people especially... If the price is right, they've made movies about it. They have talked about it through the decades. We, we hear story after story about people who compromised their integrity or, or entered into immorality or did something in order to somehow make a buck. But no Christian, certainly no preacher, ought to have a price on their ministry or in their life like that. Again, there's just too many believers, it seems, that would sacrifice their principles of morality or integrity for the almighty dollar. That should not be. Never sell your principles for profit. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Never neglect your eternal purpose for temporal gain. Take your Bible, look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You might recognize these verses. If I recall correctly, there are memory verses from just a few weeks ago. And you're right on it, right? You knew that already, didn't you? No, you didn't. You guys better start cramming because you're getting to the end now. You better start, I'm telling you, those verses are going to come hard if you don't start on them. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 through 18. <clears throat> How many of you are at least halfway through the Bible reading? Halfway through your Bible reading? Okay, pretty good. If you're not, you better start cramming. <laughs> get her done. All right? You should see that New Testament Bible everybody's going to get that does their memory and their verses. Okay? You got to do them all. You got to do them all. Okay? All right? So anyway, here we go. Let's see here. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I read a quote this week. It said, money is not, a, is not important enough to gain regrets in return. Hear that. Money is not important enough to gain regrets in return. 
That's a good statement. I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good quote. How many, or how important a proper perspective is, and how important is a proper perspective in the Christian life? Think about that. How important is it? Man, it is paramount as well. When we're focused on the immediate, we are prone to wander. That's all there is to it. Our eyes have to be fixed on the eternal, and if they are fixed on the eternal, we're compelled to remain faithful even through the strongest and most bitter storms. But again, perspective is an important fact in our lives. Which direction are we looking? If it is to the temporal, then we are prone to wander. If it is to the eternal, then we're probably pretty settled, pretty solid. Our society is built on the premise of immediate gratification, isn't it? I mean, let's face it. Scores of restaurants are geared to satisfy your hunger immediately. And it seems like more and more these days, even those aren't really that fast. But the fact is, is that they are created and made in order to do just that. I even think about restaurants like Chipotle. It may not be considered necessarily fast food, but it is fast. You walk in, you go through the line, you get your food, and you're gone. It's fast food. And again, instant gratification. You go there, you get it, you start eating, because that's what we want. We have credit cards. We have second mortgages that place our dreams in our hands. Or at least till we can't afford to pay the payments. Right? Many today, of course, are not willing to wait until married to meet certain needs either. Immediate gratification. This is the cry of our culture. And may I say, it is the, a curse in Christianity today. Because sadly enough, we are geared the same way many times because we have been, we have been molded and shaped into that. Anybody that says the culture does not have a grip on them or doesn't influence them hasn't looked too closely in the mirror. Hasn't really evaluated their life that awfully much. Culture and society does play a factor in our lives, and that's why it's important that we do not look out, but we look up. Otherwise, we will, be, we will get engulfed in this culture. And pretty soon, we'll be buying into its lies as well. When we think about compromise or uh, compromising our principles, I think like, you know, for money that is, you know, and that's what we're kind of talking about, principles more important than profit. But when we think about compromising our principles for money, you know, we think a lot of times that it has to be something extremely wicked or, or some evil thing in order to make, make a lot of money. You got to do something really bad, you know, and that, that's, that's what we think about when we think about compromising our principles but you know, the violation of that, that thought is it comes in all sizes. For instance, let me give you an example. When we fail to tithe as, we're com- when we fail to tithe as commanded in Scripture, we're compromising principle for money. That, that's just, that, right? I mean, come on now. When we're not giving according to the Word of God, then we're compromising uh, principle for money. Now, we'd like to think about somebody that's out there doing something very wicked. Oh, look at them compromising their integrity, compromising their morality. And look at them, boy, just for some money. Well, Christians do it all the time. When we take a pen or a pencil home from work or school that wasn't ours to take in the first place, well, that's compromising principle for money. 
You say, ah, that's, I did. that's not worth nothing. It's worth something or you wouldn't have taken it. That's a compromise. Compromising a principle. Thou shalt not steal. I mean, think about this, you know, when, when, when we've gotten more change back than expected, but we didn't return it, that's compromising principle for money. When charged uh, too little by the cashier at the grocery store, and instead of pointing it out, you simply pay and move on, you've compromised principle for money. When you get home and you realize that you'd walked out of the store with something in your pocket that wasn't paid for, and you just downright forgot about it, then you've, and you forget about it <laughs> after you've forgotten about it. Then you know what? You've compromised your principles for money. Maybe you left the store with an item that was on the bottom of the cart. You ever do that? Put something on the bottom and you roll on out and the, the person doing the checkout didn't see it. You didn't think to let them know about it. You get out there and you got a 40-pound bag of salt. <laughs> and I, just thinking about lifting that right now does not do me any good. But maybe it's on the bottom shelf there of your cart and all of a sudden you start to load and you think, man, you know what? Karma's been good to me lately. First of all, Christians don't believe in karma. We don't believe in that. We don't believe in good fate in a sense. We believe in the, the, the sovereignty of God. But instead you say, you know, good day for me. Well, you've just compromised principle for money. Compromising principle is not God's way of getting ahead. That's just not how God intended for a believer to get ahead. You know, if somebody was stealing something, you know, goes up and, and uh, you know, uh, walks up with a gun, sticks it in your back, and says, give me all your money or your life. I would think we'd all say, well, you know, they're compromising some uh, principles. Right? Of course they are. But, unfortunately, we do some of the same things sometimes, Compromising principles, not God's way of getting ahead. Again, some enter into crooked business deals. Others just plain lie to get a sale. We understand that. Others act immorally or unethically in order to make a buck. But God's way is to get ahead by not compromising. You don't compromise. You rather you work hard. It's hard work. That's what he's looking at. Proverbs 21, 25. Turn there, would you? And that's how God intends it. Not to... Not to, you know, neglect our principles or to toss them in the streets. No, not at all. We, we need to live by principle. Can't compromise those principles. Not as believers. That, that, that's for sure. You know, I, I find myself sometimes saying things like, you know, we're, I'm, we're believers. I mean, that's not supposed to happen to us. It's not supposed to be like that. Right? We're believers. There's a lot of things that take place in the world, right? And that's normal. A lot of crazy stuff happens in the world. It's normal. You're dealing with sinners. You're dealing with folks that don't have Christ living in them. You know, it's not unusual for someone possibly to try to 
fudge on the truth a little bit to make a sale or something. And that's why you as, a, uh, you know, as someone purchasing an item have to be very careful to do your research and know what you're looking for and what you want and be able to compare items so that you can make an informed decision about what you're purchasing. But when that happens, uh, we're not happy about it, but we kind of go, well, that's the way it is out in the world. But it's pretty bad when it's the way it is in the church, right? shouldn't happen. It shouldn't once be named among us. We should have a, a just balances, if you will. It's not right. That's not saying it's right out in the world, but we understand it. I mean, I go to a farm and I, I, I go around the corner and I see the pigs wallowing around in mud. I don't go, boy, they're stupid. What's wrong with them pigs? Don't they know they should clean up? Come on, you can't act like that, guys. I don't do that. Why? Because that's a pig's nature. To waller in mud. It's not good when a Christian's wallowing in it, though. We got some principles. We ought to live by those principles. Principles more important than profit. Look at Proverbs 21.25. The desire of the slothful killeth him. For his hands refuse to labor. That's how God intends us to get ahead. Through labor. He doesn't want us to compromise our principles to get ahead. He doesn't want us to lie or cheat or steal or, or do something unethical or immoral. He wants us to work hard. We chase money too often. And we end up broke nonetheless. See, God tells us to chase after righteousness and mercy though. In Proverbs 21 again, just a few verses earlier in verse 21, he says, He that followeth after righteousness and mercy findeth life, righteousness, and honor. we got to pursue principle at all cost. We cannot allow ourselves to be moved by money more than by principle. In 1 Timothy 6.10, the Bible says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You don't compromise principles, especially those that you know to be true. I mean, let's face it, him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin, right? I mean, for us to neglect the truth and to choose to compromise our principles as a believer, it doesn't end well. So we realize that principle is more important than profit, but also principle is more important than program. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, if the program is in line with the Word of God or the biblical principles that are outlined in Scripture, that's great and that's wonderful. But if it's not, then, well, it's not. See, no program is sacred. No program is inherently good. Let me give you an example, okay? And um, we've never had this program at our church, but I know a number of Baptist churches have chosen not to utilize it because it has, through the years, changed. The Awana Club was founded in 1941, but it made its splash really in the 1960s from that time on, they found themselves, I mean, in scores and scores of Baptist churches around the country, and the program was being used successfully in those churches to win thousands and thousands of children, possibly millions over the course of the years. But over the last few decades, Awana has taken a different look and a different direction. Its leadership has chosen 
to disregard the King James Bible now, not utilize it. They have chosen to change their standards, which once were extremely high, and now, of course, they promote and include even contemporary music in their program. So Awana was a tremendous program. I mean tremendous. And you know what? Honestly, I'm sure that children are still getting saved using it. I, I, I believe that. I, I do. But again, principle is more important than a program. When certain things change, and, and from our perspective as we search and uh, scour the Word of God and we believe that it's compromised a principle in the Word of God, then guess what? The principle is more important than the program. So for years, there's been a, uh, you know, kind of a, a movement to change or to bring on certain programs that took the place of Awana. I'm not sure that any of them ever did any better than Awana, personally. But uh, there's been programs created to try to fill that void. There is nothing about a denomination, about a school or our fellowship, that would warrant compromise over principle. You can't do that. Principle always outranks the program. Always does. Principle. Get your principles in place and then live by them. So here's a question. Question, where do you find the right principles? Well, we, we should know that, right? We, as Bible believers, of course, would say, the Bible, the Word of God, that's where we find our principles. And you know what I'd say? You're right. In Psalm 119, verse 160, the Bible says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Oh yeah, this book right here, that you want to find truth, he says, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Boy, this is where we're going to find principle. The right principles, at least. I mean, the world has principles, but they don't always line up with God's principles. So how do you establish the right principles in your life, then? Let me give you just a couple real simple thoughts. Number one, how do you establish the right principles in your life? First of all, you have to identify Bible truth. You've got to identify Bible truth. It's as simple as knowing what God says and what He wants what is right, what is wrong. We know what the Word of God says, and so we have to identify a Bible truth. We know that the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. That's a Bible truth now, which ultimately is going to affect, I trust our lifestyle. But first we have to identify the Bible truths. We know that thou shalt not steal. And someone says, that's Old Testament. No, it's not. It's all, it's, yes, it is. But it's also restated in the New Testament. Yeah. Amen. Thou shalt not steal. We still can't steal. It's not right. It's still morally wrong. That is a truth in the Word of God. And you have to identify Bible truth if you're going to establish the right principles in your life. Then number two, you have to adopt that truth as a standard of living. Okay, we go back to this idea of we're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, and we recognize the fact that, well, we ought to be in church, and we should never, you know, we, we shouldn't be missing. 
And he even goes on to say, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more we need the house of God, the more we need the people of God, the more we need God and his, his, his uh, church in our life. We could go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 14 and recognize and understand why that is. Because it's for the perfecting of the saints. That's where we find the gifts to the church. The evangelist, the, the pastor, the teacher, and all of those, those are there to perfect us. And we are to be perfected more and more as before Christ returns. We're to be Christ-like according to Romans 8, 29. We're to be in the image of Christ. So we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're not to dismiss it. We're not to forget about it. We're to instead embrace it. And it is a truth in the Bible that we should adopt as a standard of living in our life then. I'm going to be in God's house because God says I should be. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It becomes ultimately a standard of living. Where are we going tonight, Mom, Dad? Let's go get ice cream. Not on Wednesday night. We're going to church. Why? Because we have a biblical truth that we're living our lives by that ultimately we have chosen and decided to always obey that truth and never give ourselves an excuse not to obey it. And as a result of that, that truth by choice becomes a principle by which we live. Well, it's Sunday night and family came into town this afternoon. I guess we won't be going to church. Oh, yes, we will. We live by principle around here, not by convenience. We know it's a biblical truth. Therefore, we can either disobey God and, and, and not go, or we can go ahead and cater to our family who showed up. Thank you, preacher. We love you for telling us the truth. You say, well, that's easy for you because you're the preacher. You get paid to do it. Right, I, I've heard that junk. I didn't hear it my whole life because I wasn't always a preacher, but I lived by that principle once I made up my mind. Yeah, I, I don't really feel sorry for anybody in here that says that I'm a preacher and therefore that's why you do what you do. You know what's so sad is when people are preachers and then they get out of the pulpit and they live like the rest of the world does. Their wives take off their dresses. The husbands stop serving, going out soul winning. I appreciate it. I'm just going to point you out, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but thank God for, for missionaries like Brother Dave who have finally stepped back from his ministry uh, and, and retired from the Rock of Ages, but he's out soul winning. Thank God for that. And his wife says, let's go soul winning. And they go, yeah, let's do it. Hey, listen, you know that that's not normal? Do you realize that most people walk away? And how sad is it when we've lived by principle our whole life, supposedly, and one of our spouses passes, and then we don't even go to church? Or if we do, we don't stay involved in the work of God anymore. Why would we do that? Because it's not really principle we've been living by, apparently. Because if it was really a principle, it would be based on a biblical truth. And that truth would be something we would not want to compromise. We identify the Bible truth. We adopt that truth as a standard of living, which means that we choose to always obey that truth and never give ourselves an excuse not to obey it. Young people, you ought to have a principle that you live by. I'm going to obey and honor my parents. Why? Because that's a biblical truth. 
And it ought to be something you choose to do willfully on your own without being coerced. You ought to say, I'm going to obey and I'm going to honor my parents. I'm going to, I'm going to ultimately, I'm not going to give myself an out. I'm going to always obey the word of God. I'm not going to give myself an excuse not to obey it. And I'm going to allow that truth by choice to become a principle by which I live my life. And when you're tempted to give it up and you're tempted to get angry and upset and to disobey or dishonor your parents, you go back to that Bible truth and you say, wait a second, this is not based on convenience. This is not based on whether or not they're treating me the way I'd like to be treated. This has nothing to do with my circumstance or my situation. It has everything to do with God and his word. How many times do we compromise our principles? We do it. All of us do at times in our lives. If we're honest, we compromise our principles at times. We know what right is and we choose not to do right, even though in many cases we've said, I've adopted that as a way of life. And then we'll, we'll backpedal. Do you know what that's called? Backsliding. We see it in Jeremiah. Backsliding. Principle is based out of the Word of God. It's planted in the fertile ground of commitment, and it grows deep in conviction. Let me say that again. Principle is based out of the Word of God. I'm just going to say this. Ladies, if you have a conviction about wearing dresses, would you make up your mind it's from the Bible and not convenience so that when you leave Community Baptist Temple, you don't take your dresses off? If you don't have that conviction, then that's your business. But if you believe the Word of God teaches that for you and your house, that's where you stand then. But you make sure it's based on a biblical truth. If you're teaching your daughters that, then you make sure you show them biblical truth. Because there's no reason to stand on something if you can't prove it from the Bible. Because in the end, it just creates rebellion. And that's true with tithing. That's true with giving. That's true with being faithful to God's house. We ought to have biblical truths that we attach to our lives that don't permit us to go backwards without saying, I must disobey God. Because there is more confusion in the house of God today than ever. Because people who once said they believe something no longer practice it. And that just sends our kids haywire. They have no clue what truth is, what right is, what wrong is, who they can trust, who they can't trust. Was what they told me 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, what they told me 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, one year ago, is that true or is it what they do today? You know what? What you do today is probably more impactful than anything else you'll ever do in a teenager's life. So parents, if you used to be a great Christian and now you're struggling, that's what they will grow up to be, a struggling Christian. It's hard enough when you're living it right and doing it right. But be careful. Choose, will you choose to live by principle? Will I choose to live by principle? But remember, principle shouldn't change. It shouldn't be up and down. It shouldn't be right today and wrong tomorrow or wrong then and right now. And 
unless some new revelation, unless you've gotten the Word of God and you dug in and you started really digging into the Scriptures and you learned something that you didn't know. But once you learn it, you're responsible for it. And if it is a biblical truth, well, that means God's the one that put it there. And if we're going to adopt that truth as a lifestyle, then it becomes a principle ultimately in our life. And we, we, we really shouldn't be going vacillating back and forth. I, I don't have, I really didn't intend to, but we just have maybe one more minute and I'm going to close this and I know everybody's happy. But I, I just, I just, I think about James. You know, when he says over there, he says, um, if any man of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let no man think that he shall receive anything of that of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Imagine that, to be unstable in all of our ways. All you have to be is double-minded. Well, I think this is good. No, I think that's, no, that's not right. No, this is right now. No, that is a oh, double-mindedness. Unstable in all your ways. And boy, I don't want my young people, I don't want my, my uh, adult children, I don't want them to think that I'm unstable. You know, we look around us and we see people as we age and they say, boy, the preacher's getting unstable. Look at him. He can't remember names. He can't remember, fa- he can't remember nothing. He's getting unstable. Look at how he gets around. He trips up the steps every once in a while. He's getting unstable. Nobody wants to be known as being unstable, right? Well, especially as believers. May God help us. Principle is more important than profit and more important than program. And the principles in God's words are priceless and we should allow them to guide us every step of the way. May we never compromise our principles even for profit. Father, we thank you again for just the time we had in the Word. Lord, just the simple truths. Lord, again, I, I know that, Father, we are living in a culture that is ever-changing. It just seems that what was right yesterday is wrong today. What was wrong yesterday is right today. And Lord, may that not be said about us as believers. May we base our principles and our, what we believe to be truth on the Word of God that never changes. It's solid. It's secure. Oh, there's no doubt, Lord, that there's plenty of room for uh, new things and new methods. Lord, absolutely. But Lord, help us not to compromise principles. Biblical truth. There are so many, thus saith the Lord's, that we can easily compromise if we are not careful. If we are looking out instead of up. If we're seeing just the immediate, not the eternal we can find it to be more convenient to just simply ignore the truth or the principle that we were living by. Help us, Lord, to make good choices and to live by principle. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand.